I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Miguel Almiron strikes back at his Manchester City haters and Alexander Mitrovic bludgeons some bees with his head. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Monday, the 22nd of August. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. The done. <laughs> Getting one in early, are you? Yeah. And I'm Vidushan Antaraja. I was going to say, introduce yourself to the people. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but Alexander Mitrovic's name is really long. It took up a bit too much of that intro, didn't it's it? Like, well, it sounded like you were climbing in <laughs> and get to the top of his head. The story, the story, those bees. The story for our listeners is that um, I wrote a line for Jules and she refused to read it. So I had yeah. to write, write another one very late, late, uh, late on, Vish, which basically means you're the full guy. Yeah, You didn't get your enough. name in there because of Jules. So... If you want to explain to Vish your decisions and, and apologise to him, you're welcome to do so. I thought it was a good line right, as well. Thanks. I liked it. It was a good line. Yeah. It was, I'll be honest with you, it was about David Moyes and Jules thought it was too harsh. She's getting well, a bit safe now, isn't she? Yeah, I no, think no, so. No, no, yeah. Listen, listen, I'm, I'm a yeah. professional. Yeah, right. And I will be with David Moyes in about a week's time yeah. at their game against Tottenham yeah. at the London Stadium. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad, no. I know, but you know, I just like I to think she's getting a bit, tread a careful bit line. I know, you know yeah. Marvin Hagler, the great Marvin Hagler said, it's hard to get up at five in the morning when you were in silk pyjamas, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Why you retired. Mm-hmm. I'll see a bit of that with Breach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, it's all right for you lot to slag people off because you don't have to be face to face with them. He does. Sometimes, <laughs> but they're cricketers. Yeah, so they, they don't. Doesn't, doesn't they won't remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, what weekend again, boys? We've had in the old Barclays. It was brilliant, wasn't it? It was decent. Some yeah. really good games. Uh, what was your highlight, Luke? My highlight would be that I was at the Spurs game on Saturday, mm. uh, and it very much wasn't that. I was going to say, uh, but uh, at half time, because I mean, for those who didn't see the game, we're not going to talk about it because it was quite boring. But Spurs were better in the second half, and they got the win, and you know all the rest of it. Um, but in the first half, it was very poor. And um, Spurs is quite difficult to get to. I don't want to be uh, too ungrateful the fact that I get to go and watch a Premier League game, but it's a long way from my house. <laughs> so at half time, I was feeling, shit, this is a bit shit. Uh, and I looked on the screen, and who did I see on the screen at the stadium? The who? original Ronaldo. The original oh, Ronaldo. Yes, was there. I saw yeah. that. So, so yeah. I got to at least share, you know, in theory, I suppose, a, a kind of afternoon with. Did watching the game him? with Ronaldo. Did you ever spot him in the stands? He was over the other side. Did you figure out where he Even was? Even from the other side, I could still see him. <laughs> can't, but, can't miss him. <laughs> but, but I didn't you're know not, So you're not, you're not going to meet Ronaldo soon then, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, he, he won't know who he is. Uh, uh, I, uh, I did see him in, in person, but I also saw him on the screen. It was great. To, uh, my favourite ever player. So it was great to be in the stadium. First time I've knowingly been in the same stadium as him. So That is pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. That is amazing. What was he? Why was he there? 
just a guest of someone, I think. Oh. I never got to the bottom of why he was there. I'm sure it was mentioned, but I didn't hear it. Good feed at Spurs. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the man has earned the right to enjoy his life as much yeah, as he Yeah, oh, no judgment. No judgments in this room, especially. No, yeah, exactly. No. Not at all. Um, that was mine. Ronaldo. Vish, I imagine your highlight is that Manchester United haven't lost this weekend. Yeah, that he can come into the, to the office and hold his head high. <laughs> I mean, that's literally my highlight. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I've ruined it. Well, no, but, but that was literally my highlight. And I realised, actually, the better thing would have been if United and Liverpool had played on Friday night and lost and got it out of the way. Because yeah. it felt a little bit like, you know, when you used to be at school... And you would switch on the TV like Sunday afternoon and hear songs of praise. And you're oh, like, killer. Fucking hell, yeah. Pavlovian so response. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, right, this is, the, you know, Monday, tomorrow, school, it's going to get yeah. awful. And there was a point yesterday where I was watching like Rick and Morty with, with my partner. <laughs> really nice, really serene Sunday evening. I was like, fucking hell, they're playing tomorrow night. Still to come, isn't yeah. it? It's and a bit like when you've done something really naughty and you know you've got to go home and face music to your parents. Yeah. Yes. It's still to come, isn't it, Mitch? Yeah, exactly. Worst, worst example of that for me was when my parents, we moved house and my parents found out I'd been hiding all my school reports down the back of the wardrobe. <laughs> because and, and I, I maintain to this day, that this poor parenting by them, I told them our school didn't do reports and they believed me. What? Yeah. And they found him, and I got in big trouble. That's a shame. They didn't. Uh, they didn't uh, approach you like you never guess what we found. Found, and then you just offered up, "Oh, not the magazines." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that came later. No, it's funny because my mum was really pissed off about the reports, and my dad was really pissed off because I broke my uh, wrist as a kid, and I kept they let me keep the plaster cast, and I shoved it, shoved it down the back of the wardrobe as well, and it really stank. Oh, <laughs> and my dad was really pissed off about that. And I remember my mum saying to my dad. <laughs> Stop focusing on that. That's not the important <laughs> thing. Here. That's going to go in the bin. It's the school reports we're worried about here. And my dad would not stay on message. Anyway, oh. I should also add that we offered, offered Vish the chance to be a part of uh, Ramble Reacts, which you're going to tell us more about later. Indeed. After the Man United Liverpool game tonight. But then he refused because he said he'd rather watch the game with his dad. I think I might still be able to do it. Oh, good. Yeah, because my dad might come round to mine. Um, okay. So, oh my yeah. God, get your dad involved. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Your dad's a Liverpool fan, right? He is, yeah. I'm, I'm, even better. I'm, I'm very happy to do Not it. Not even better. I'm very happy to do it, but I think um, listeners will know what I'm going to say. Whatever happens, they might want to hear from you. It's up to you. It's up or Vish's dad. Yeah, mm. or your dad particularly. Yeah. He looks like um, your dad in the he looks like a Sri Lankan Martin Yol. So. Does he? Yeah. Your dad does? Yeah, he That's does. Great. I love that. That's great. Get the cameras on him and all. And have you got an Uncle Dick and an Uncle Cock as well? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, Dick a Hunter Ardor and Cock a Hunter Ardor. <laughs> People just call me that anyway. <laughs> oh, What's um, yours, Jules? My highlight of the weekend was uh, I went to the Brighton game yesterday at the London Stadium. Mm. Um, first time in a while I'm there actually to watch my side and not yeah. actually the Hammers where I spent a lot of last season. Yeah, because you were, I, genuinely, you were, I thought, really thought that you were a big part of their European ride yes, with the Cole Brothers as an well. An honorary Hammer for last the season. It was a lot of fun. But um, yeah, it was good to be back and to be in the away end. And uh, one of my highlights was, it, um, it wasn't a classic. It wasn't a great game. I'm not going to lie. Um, we controlled it, but we'll talk a bit more about that later because West Ham were poor. Uh, one of my highlights was, um, being in the away end, you get to hear more of the chants that sometimes you don't hear when you're on the telly, mm-hmm. uh, when you're watching it on the telly, sorry, or when you're on the telly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not really that relatable, that one, is it? <laughs> yeah. I meant when you're watching it on the telly. Yeah. And uh, I love that football fans, just they're just not original, are they? So we've recycled one of our chants from last season, where, which was for Basuma. Basuma, yeah. Right, for our new Japanese player, Mitoma. Yeah. So my favourite bit was he came on for like a very small part of the game and I was thinking, why are they ch- chanting Basuma's chant? Da, 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 da. Midoma. Nice. And I was like, ah, oh, they've recycled it. He didn't touch the ball once. <laughs> he was only on for like five and, and, minutes. And, that's, and, and Arsenal fans I enjoyed have, it. Arsenal fans have got a lot of credit for the Saliba tequila chant. Indeed. But they're saying they stole it from Brighton anyway. It was Basuma's originally. You know what you could do there? there you go. It's Mitra Mi- and Will Grigg all over again. Yeah, well, <laughs> what you do for Mitoma, for, you know, a bit of originality, you could do the, the King's Lola, couldn't you? That would work. Give us a little rendition. I don't know where they got him from or where they met him, but Karu Matoma. Yeah. That works quite well. Matoma, Matoma, Well, we've, we've recycled Jules the doesn't Basuma know the song. No, I'll tell you about it later. Yeah. Um, right, let's get to probably the game of the weekend, which was the late one yesterday at St. James's Park. What a game. Newcastle 3, Manchester City 3. This game was absolutely electric. It was it was brilliant. And, and Newcastle went toe-to-toe with Manchester City and made such a good game of it. The atmosphere at St. James's Park was absolutely rocking. They were 3-1 up. 
they'll be gutted to actually, in a way, come away with a three-all draw in the end. But at the same time, we'll be happy that they've managed to get a point. I know that's a complete contradiction. Mm. But you know what I mean, Luke, because it's yeah. just one of those games that had absolutely everything. A roller coaster of emotions. Like, before the game, they'd have taken three-all. And it's funny because last week we were talking about um, Eddie Howe actively saying he wanted to channel... Uh, what Kevin Keegan was able to do at the club and, and get him in and all the rest of it. And they, they, they turn out a game which was really befitting of Literally Kevin Keegan's legacy. Literally was, the entertainers. Right? Yeah. I mean, didn't he also say, Eddie Howe, that um, he gave the players a history lesson in Newcastle Football Club before the game, which mm. he thinks inspired them? Right, yeah. I, I mean, history doesn't inspire me, I'm not going to lie, Eddie. No, I dropped, <laughs> I dropped it before GCSE, so it doesn't inspire me. I'm a either. massive history enthusiast. Well, yeah, you are, you love an, it. You can't get enough of it. Yeah, Why I'm do you live a, in the present? History nerd. It's because it's painful. <laughs> <laughs> you should know that, bitch. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? What do you think I do? do you, um, Howe also said that um, he acknowledged that he's got a terrible record against Man City. Yeah, I don't and think he's he ever beaten them. He's no, beaten them, has no. he? No, and he came, obviously came very close yesterday, but it felt like it was... Um, in the, the way they prepared for this game, from everything you said and the way he approached it, like everyone was on the same page. And even though City scored first, it felt like Newcastle still believed after that, which is quite hard to do against a City team where you know you're like, Christ, when we start attacking them, they're just going to butcher us. But didn't play out like that. Yeah, yeah. and and, and How said something quite interesting in the um, in the pre-match interview where he was asked if because now they've got Erling Haaland does it give them a focal point that this makes it easier to defend against? And how was like, not really, because they've still got all those other players as well. <laughs> and they're ridiculous. Um, and yeah, and it turned out... And it's Erling Haaland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it turned out to kind of be the case. I was really impressed with Newcastle, as you've already alluded to, Vish, bouncing back from going a goal behind. And it's a really poor goal to concede as well. Like Gundogan had basically the freedom of St. James's Park to score. They bounced back uh, and they also scored another goal after half time, which when you thought, okay, it's going to be tough for Man City mm. now. Um, but the problem is what we're starting to see now I think it was really indicative because you will see, not very often because City are a brilliant team and they win far more games than they lose, but sometimes you see, you used to see them get into a bit of a rut where it's almost like they're going to pass it in a horseshoe around the box. It's a bit like basketball and if you keep your shape and all the rest of it, you can frustrate them and they get more and more frustrated. Then what tends to happen is Pep Guardiola will do more and more odd things <laughs> and it will, and you might better get out of there with something, right? The problem is with Haaland, it's impossible to do that now. Because I've never seen a player, I mean, possibly since, as I said a week or two ago, since since the aforementioned Ronaldo, that makes so many positive, incisive runs so often to the point where no defender can really rest. Then when you've got players who can pass the ball as well as De Bruyne, he, he, every single game, Holland, and it even goes back to the Community Shield when we were talking about the coverage of that, which we thought was odd. Every single game, he looks like he could have scored three or four goals. You come away from every game he's played going, okay, he got an assist there or he scored one there. Every time you think he probably should have got three or four. And that's going to happen every single game. And of course, on some of those games, he is going to score three or four yeah. and it's going to make a massive difference. So in all, there was a lot to a lot to enjoy, but I thought Newcastle deserved a huge amount of credit. I was really pleased that Amaron scored. That was Loved classic. Loved it. Well, I was actually listening to the game on the, well, for the, the first half on the radio because I was going uh, driving home from London Stadium. And... Can I just say, I love radio commentary of football. It is so good. It's great, isn't it? It's, it, it? Honestly, the game completely came to life. And then when I got home and watched the second half, I was like, actually listening to it on the radio was as good as watching it, which, which sounds a bit you crazy. you announcing your TV but... retirement? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, Are you allowed I... to slag off TV like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did. Uh... After it's given you so much. I know, hey, yeah. It was on Sky. Uh, <laughs> I, I really did enjoy the radio. You'll get there one though. day. I thought, was, I thought it was really, really good. And I, when they were talking about Almiron's equaliser, because obviously that was when I was in the car, I was, I was actually just so pleased for him because obviously with everything that was said, you, you kind of hoped that that would be the case, but you, I wasn't sure whether or not he would score against Man City. I mean, we came into the game where both of these sides were the only teams in the Premier League yet to concede a goal, and they've both conceded three. Um, but yeah, nice little bit of revenge from Miggy. Mm. Yeah, he's. Um, I always think of him as he's quite a sweet player in that, like he looks, sweet. he looks quite sweet. He, he runs hard. Sometimes it looks like he runs too hard, mm -hmm. and as much as like. That was a bit of revenge um, just off the back of... So basically what happened was, you two can fill me in on this as well, if I get some details wrong, but Grealish said that Mares had played like Almiron. Was it last game of the season, yeah, I think? Yeah, Mares had a bit of a stinker in one of the games and Grealish's response at the end of the match was... And I think it was just on like a... Um, 
a selfie video on Instagram stories or something like that. Yeah, right. He, right. he made a comment and said, oh, Mares had to be taken off because he was playing like Almiron. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's not a very nice thing no, to say. No, no. And it's the kind of thing that like footballers would say, but never really comes public, does it? Mm. But um, the goal itself... <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much he can be. Well, I told you I'm a good player. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's good to go at some because it would be annoying Guardiola even more, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of came off his upper thigh, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. As he was stumbling. Crotch region. Yeah. The, <laughs> the one player, though, who absolutely stole the show, let's say Maxima. Oh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, last thing on, on Almiron before we move on from it. At the end of the game, I don't know if you saw this, but he actually gave his shirt to a Jack new Grealish. Car- <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Jack Grealish wasn't even in the squad, which says, yeah. I mean, he was injured. But um, yeah, he gave his shirt to a Newcastle fan who had a sign that read, can Grealish have your shirt? <laughs> I like that. I like that. Anyway, as Lovely, you say, yeah. ASM, he was unbelievable. Yeah, I don't watch Newcastle. One of the best games I've seen him play. I well, I mean, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I don't watch Newcastle a lot, but I can't imagine he's played better than that. And it felt like a a meeting of many different things. He's obviously like a big game player in that, even you know under Bruce, when the big games came about at home, he would raise his game for that. And the, there was a stage at the end of last season where when Eddie Howe had a bit of structure, he was still kind of locked in that, mm. I need to do a bit more with the ball here. And it felt counterproductive to how the team wanted to operate. And, you know, New- Newcastle fans were going into, you know, going into the summer thinking, maybe we need to sell him. Maybe he's someone that we could actually get a decent amount of money for and build with a few more team players. And evidently, like, coming to this game, Man City at home, and he's shown that he is, you know, a, a bit more selfless in his play, even though a lot of the great things he did were basically taking out three City players at one time. Yeah. And it was remarkable, yeah. It was so it was genuinely so good to watch. And as much as, like, there's a good feeling around Newcastle, I still believe that Sir Maximum is the one who is the key to all that because he kind of kept it going when things were bad. And now it's still, I think, of that calibre of player to be like, look, we can, I can be here to take you up as well. Yeah, I think it was a great performance. I think it's interesting. I agree with all that. But I think it's interesting for another couple of reasons. One is that the way Man City approached defending a lot of the time is essentially entirely systemic, right? So yeah, it's about yeah. shape and about discipline and about positioning. And it's, it's great, I think, for the casual football fan to see that individual brilliance still has a really important part to play in football because it, it serves as a key that kind of unlocks that and, and the Man City players really, I mean, they're talking about good players here, couldn't really deal with him. I mean, yeah, they, they, they yeah. couldn't really get near him because of his ability and because of his, his, his wanting of the ball, because of his positive play. He always looks to, to affect the game in a positive way. And the second way that it's interesting, I think, from the outside looking in is that he fits into this lineage, this great Newcastle United lineage. I don't think it's any, any kind of coincidence that he's producing these kind of hallmark moments at St. James's Park. These, these, these fans, who the ones that are old enough, um, are um, used to seeing you know, your David Ginola's, your Les Ferdinand's, your Alan Shearer's. These these players who would stand out for the, you know, different different types of individuality, but individuality nonetheless. So him fitting into that lineage is also really important for Newcastle's their and their identity. I think. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, because even someone like Ben Arthur, who actually wasn't there for that long, they still talk about now. Yeah, it's personality, isn't it? As well. Like I think yeah. his personality he's a goes. Well, yeah, he's sure. such a character. After the game, he um, tweeted. Do you remember last week? Everyone was tweeting Nick Pope. <laughs> he, he, he quote tweeted Nick Pope's Nick Pope tweet <laughs> so, and, and wrote Maximan. St. Maximum. Yeah, I, that, I love yeah. that. I just thought he's just such a character, isn't he? He also made Great. a really interesting comment about um, Trippier. Yeah, talking about yeah. how he said that he listens to him a lot. I listened he, to my friend. Yeah, it was cute, wasn't it? And, and that, that, I think that's interesting because Andy and I had a conversation um, when Trippier signed, talking about how they've signed him for different reasons. Right? Obviously, he's he's a good player and he's played at the top level and obviously showed that amazing free kick. Um, but he's also, I think, able to instill a lot of professionalism into that team. Leadership really as well. important leadership. Mm. Yeah. I was, yeah, like I, I think you've made this point in the past about the players you, you know, the players you sign and what they bring. And I feel like, as much as you can govern that as a manager and be like, right, I want to improve maybe the discipline of the squad, as in like the on-field discipline of the squad. I want to improve kind of how the squad looks at itself. You really need. You can only really do that properly by bringing someone in who actually has access two players in the dressing room, ergo another player. And so to sign like an established international who's, you know, played at a high st- high standard of football for, for Spurs and Atletico Madrid, 
it's a little bit of a, oh, brilliant. Okay, I, I don't need to worry about that. You could actually focus on more of the tactical side rather than the attitude side. And it's also Trippier can forensically target other good players' kneecaps. Yes, well, yeah. As he showed, <laughs> yeah. Um, as he showed them. Well, he had, a, he had an eventful game, didn't he? Because he scored that That free kick brilliant, was amazing. It was an incredible free kick, um, one that you would want to watch on a replay. It was just brilliant. And then obviously, I mean... Fairly controversial, I suppose you could say, because people have got a difference in opinion on it. Um, wasn't sent off for the challenge on Kevin De Bruyne. And Kevin De Bruyne was pretty angry about it, as was Pep Guardiola. Yeah, um, Trippier, you could see Trippier on the on the on the camera going, Kev, 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 I didn't mean to take you out. Yeah. And I was like, Well, what did you mean then? Because like you were miles away from it. Yeah, I think he... The ball was nowhere near it. In his... I thought it was like, mate, nominative determinism here. <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. I meant to trip you, not take <laughs> Because I'm a scorpion. <laughs> in his, his post-match interview, he, he, he was very um, keen to point out, you know, like, I'm not a player who wants to injure someone else. But yes, he did need to be brought down in that, in that instance. So I think he yeah. was admitting that it was a tactical foul. Um, he was saying there was no intent to injure Kevin De Bruyne, which we we'd like to believe no player wants to injure an opponent. Of co- of course not. That we'd never assume that that would be the case. Um, but it was a high foot, and you can see it either way. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's obvious to see that he wanted to. He was uh, resigned to the fact that he was going to take a yellow card for it, but he got the execution slightly wrong, and he was very high, which is why I think the referee made the decision he made. And I think you know in the laws of the game, you can see that they're open to interpretation, right? So. You could be annoyed that it's a red. You could possibly be annoyed that it's a yellow. I know that you think it should be a red for other reasons anyway, because you think it's it's so cynical and so professional that it stops the stops the game. Really. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not too like um, vociferous on that particular opinion, but it's it's a kind of thing where I think like it's there it's there to like to disrupt play. Um, it's an entertainment sport. I don't mind if that's overly penalised. I think the other thing about it, I suppose, the reason. De Bruyne and Guardiola were so pissed is because they were on the counter attack mm. and they would do exactly mm-hmm. the same thing the other way. Absolutely. In fact, you could argue City are one of the best teams in the world. <laughs> it's part of the game, yeah. 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 So I don't really have a problem with that. But um, yeah, that's, I suppose, another point entirely. Yeah. Yeah. We should mention before we move on, um, Callum Wilson's goal was brilliant. Oh, Callum so Wilson well. is a, a, quite an underrated finisher, isn't he? Brilliant, I mean, he's so, player, yeah. he's so good. So, so good. Could, could he be in the, uh, the well, old well, World Scott Cup? I, I mean, so I was going to say, because of where the World Cup is now, mm. different players have... It, it basically, um, basically, won't be injured by then. <laughs> is that what you're saying? No, but, but but generally, like pe- yeah. people generally get injured in that kind of two thirds away through the season when mm. they're overloaded and in the red zone and things like that. So I'm kind of interested to see because there'll be a different level of availability for a different type of player because yeah. of people who have like knee injuries and stuff like that. I mean, we all enjoyed Callum Wilson's goal. The football ramble WhatsApp group was a, was a, was a wash with messages because of the, how good the game was. And then it's always someone takes it too far. In this oh. case, it was Marcus who who <laughs> everyone went great goal, great goal. And then Marcus who obviously just is so enthusiastic about football generally got really carried away and just messaged saying he will come on and score the winner for England in the World Cup <laughs> final. <laughs> <laughs> just thought it was like, a bit far, but you never know. You you know, know. He's going to come on to come on to replace Welbeck, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, latch onto a through ball by Frank come Lampard. On. Probably. <laughs> we'll come on to Welbs in a bit. Um, yeah. But let's talk about Arsenal beating Bournemouth by three goals to nil, and because Manchester City dropped two points against Newcastle, it means like, it's a shame we haven't got Jim here. Really, uh, Arsenal are top of the Premier League table. Yeah, you announced them top get... on the TV last week. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I did didn't you? by yeah. accident. Yeah, yeah. But look, I mean, it's going well, and they've got a good run of fixtures coming up. How long will this Arsenal party continue for? Well, I got a bit carried away speaking about Marcus getting carried away in the production <laughs> meeting. Where I said I think they might even be top at Christmas, and everyone went, "Oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that." But they have got a lot of winnable games. Yeah, uh, they they look like they're in great form. Um, the thing about them is that not to use that word too often, but it it looks like the way they're playing well and the way they're winning is also kind of down to the system as well it feels like it's very coherent everyone seems to know what they're doing yeah. and I think the addition of Zinchenko and Jesus is so big for them because Zinchenko you've basically got a situation where you go well look we don't need to worry about that, that now because that side of the pitch is yeah. now taken care of because yeah. he's so good and Jesus looks I mean that first, the run for the first goal when he danced around it's all amazing the play- it's, it was, it's like mesmerising I, lo- I loved it he, 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 he's now in a position where he knows that if he's fit he's going to start every game yeah. yeah, and his, his his ability is so high, and his application is so high that he's just that he seems like the perfect fit. I said to you guys on the, speaking about the WhatsApp group again. I said like a minute into the season, look at him. He's going to sort of yeah. score so many goals this season. Yeah. Um, it could be a little bit of a straight shootout between him and Harlem, maybe. Mm. Yeah, Kane maybe. fans will be fuming at me saying that. Or Salah. 
So, yeah, oh, oh yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> look forward to that later. <laughs> uh, the the interesting thing about Jesus, I think, is that basically the modern the modern football, footballer, the modern type top flight footballer, especially as a forward, their career starts like twenty. And so Jesus signed for Man City around then, but he doesn't have the same amount of miles in his legs as a twenty-five-year-old who has had mm. that career t- today because you know he hasn't started every game for City, and it really feels like all the enthusiasm, all the kind of I suppose like physically, you know, all, all, all the fa- all the fast switch muscles and everything like that have almost been preserved for this moment. It's like mm. right, twenty-five years old, understand the game a bit better, a little bit wiser. And Arsenal just reaping the benefits of that. And Zinchenko's been wise beyond his years for, for a long, long time as well. Another 3-0 victory at the weekend was not one I expected, I'm not going to lie, at Ellen Road. Leeds 3, Chelsea nil. I mean, mm. what a performance from Leeds. I mean, they were they were incredible. They they It was one of the performances of the weekend, I think. Well, weird as well, because apparently they, that Chelsea were the better team. No, they were not. I mean, Thomas Tuchel's comments. I mean, he does like to do this sometimes. Oh, you'll slag him off. Thomas. You'll slag him off. Yeah. Have oh. you already spoken to him? So, oh, sorry, he's foreign. No, no, no. It's a while, it's a while until the Champions League games come yeah, out. Exactly, yeah. We've got a few weeks yet. Um, no, look, I think that when you when you lose, you should lose graciously. And he did not, uh, he just didn't do it in this instance. And he should have given Leeds credit because what? I thought they played really well. I don't think yeah, he should have. it was, look, the scoreline was probably... It, was, it wasn't quite reflective exactly how the game was played out because I think Chelsea actually started the game quite well and they had chances and they didn't take them. But Leeds fully deserved it and I but, think Tuchel should have at least given them a but, bit of credit. I, but yeah. I, I personally think that makes it better because it wasn't just that they beat Chelsea. They ran rings around Chelsea. Mm, mm-hmm. They absolutely battered them. And I think my favourite thing about it is that like actually Chelsea started very well. Sterling should have scored um, early on to make it 1-0. But... I, I just think Leeds and Jesse Marsh in particular got it so right yeah. that there was only one way Tuka was going to take it because he was bested on so many different fronts. He was bested on the field. He was bested, you know, a couple of days before when, you know, Jesse Marsh clearly put this, um, you know, put this system in place to combat Chelsea. One of the things that I noticed when watching the game was that with Jorginho and, and Conor Gallagher in the middle, they basically realised, right, they're only play if they only play two in the middle. We need to set up people behind them. So they let the kind of Leeds Leeds defenders had the ball and were kind of invited to press, and they would always break two lines with a pass. And suddenly Leeds were up and mm. you know into the Chelsea half. It felt like a real real smart move that they just kept doing time after time after time. And it felt Chelsea like, couldn't deal with it. It felt like a performance where everything they practiced in training, they did perfectly on the pitch and I think that's why we saw the sort of celebrations from Jesse Marsh because he it almost felt really um like satisfying like all this work I've been doing and they've actually done it on the pitch against a really top side yeah and one of the things that clearly they practiced that you know they nailed to great effect was Mendy's gonna get the ball Mendy. and he's gonna fuck it up <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's, and that that's was so and, bad wasn't and, it and it was and that's that's the thing I found confusing most about Thomas Tuchel's post-match comments because he seemed to want to remove the individual mistakes from the performance and it's almost a bit like well the mistakes are part of the performance you know yeah. Abraham Lincoln's wife didn't say you know I thought the play was actually very good if you take away that bit about my husband being shot <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's very much part of the evening, isn't it, when your husband gets shot to death at the theatre. You know, it's like the old famous saying, apart from that, how did you enjoy the play, Mrs. Lincoln? You know, that's what Thomas Tuchel was like. And it, and it felt it felt a bit like, no, no, that, that happened on the pitch during the game, so it's part of the performance. And so clearly it was punctuated by individual mistakes. But you, you can't remove the idea of those mistakes from Leeds taking any credit for them because Leeds did it because they yeah. worked really hard and put them under pressure. And that's how it can work, right? Yeah. He's got he's got a real um, issue, I think, with them conceding goals. I mean, defensively, they've been very good. And then in recent times, they've found it very, very difficult not to concede goals. I think there's a stat where like the first 15 games, they conceded X many goals. Right. And the 15 after that they considered twice as many. Right. Oh, well, wow. you can see that. I mean, I didn't know that stat, but you can see that definitely just by watching the good games. Good stat-vish. And the, well, not well, Although, not well, it wasn't per- perfect. Good stat didn't... without any numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the good. best stats. You've, what you've done really well there is you've alluded to the fact there might be a stat in existence. Yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> might um, be wrong. Yeah. And then I, do, I don't know about this kind of thing about um, every single time we talk about Chelsea or every time I hear anyone talk about Chelsea, they talk about this quote-unquote lack of a striker or whatever. And they, people want to kind of rehash the Lukaku discussion and they want to talk about you know, whether 
you know, they're scoring enough goals and all the rest of it. I just think there's too many examples of teams without having really a traditional striker that have done well for that to matter. I mean, Liverpool, you, I mean, maybe you could argue they do now, perhaps, but Liverpool have been really, really good, obviously, without having a traditional striker. Man City have done it, although they've got Haaland now. They've won everything. Well, I mean, between those two teams, they've won everything, and you wouldn't say they've got a traditional number nine. Yeah. So I don't understand why this conversation's already happening all the time. Do you know what I mean? Liverpool, Man City haven't had to have that. Yeah. They've, Man City have got it now, but they've, they've still won league titles over and over again without it. Yeah, I don't. I think it's because they've tried to get one in that they. It's it's a constant thing that's hanging over their head. If you look at think of the number of players they've like put in there, even someone who occupies a position now wasn't necessarily Kai Havertz wasn't necessarily bought to do that role. Mm. So they always, I suppose, have the ex- excuse of thinking, right? Well, you know, we're, we're short up there. Someone else has to fill in. But I always really love the fact that um, Jesse March absolutely maxed it. For oh, that yeah. goal that, that, oh, yeah, Mendy, that Mendy fucked yeah, up on. It was it, so good. You normally see, like, I think you'd expect to see a manager clapping and go, great, go back in. It's yeah. a bonus. He was up and down the touchline. Like, <laughs> yeah. the he air. celebrated more for that goal than the other two. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it's because that's what I mean, though. It's like everything, everything that yeah. he's obviously told them, let's do in training when they're setting up for this game, they did, and it, it resulted in the opening goal. Yeah. And, uh, it's uh, exactly what you want as a coach. I also think with the way that Leeds play and the way that Chelsea would have had to go after them after that goal, it was such a bonus because, yeah. You know, he did press, but mm. Mendy had so much time to deal with that ball. Just boot it. Yeah. Boot yeah. it. Um, I can clarify some facts for you, Vish. Go on then. Yeah. Uh, this was Tuchel's 60th Premier League match. In his first 30 games, Chelsea conceded just 17 goals. Right. They've now they they've now conceded double that in his last 30. So you were so right. 34 but I think I said 15 games. and 15. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. We got there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the other things. I'm not going to meet Carol Vorderman anytime (laughs) soon, so fuck maths. (laughs) Um, One of the other things that Thomas Tuchel said um, after the game in his post match interview when they were asking him what went wrong, he said everything. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. He said it even started yesterday. We had no plane to arrive to take the coaching staff to the ground. So he said we had to get the bus. The players could fly, but the coaching staff couldn't. I mean, they're not the ones running around the pitch. Do they really need a plane? Uh, do you think yeah. one of them was like, Mandy, kick it off. <laughs> I've hard. lost my voice. Yeah. I had to get the had to get the bus. Also, yeah, that's that's just so lame as well. Which is weird because I mean, they all you know, they had all those problems, but they were the best team on the pitch. The reason so I don't, I don't really yeah. get it. The reason it's, it's, it's lame is because like what are you talking about? Driving from London to Leeds. I <laughs> know, oh, it's not actually that fucking <laughs> you know, it's like three hours. It's a three hour journey. You don't Did even you... need a services for that journey, nah. I don't think. To be fair, the, it did sound like a lot of the Chelsea fans who made the same journey up, you know, on the road were asleep as well. So the fans are probably like, <laughs> we do this it. all the time. Yeah. yeah. It's freaking ridiculous. Uh, we're gonna take a break now. When we come back, we'll focus on two games in London. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. 
Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Guys, pretty special between the sheets. Oh. Between the, sh- the sticks. <laughs> <laughs> That's Hello. usually quite a cricketism because people say someone's really good in the covers. Oh, okay, which is a right. position in cricket. <laughs> okay, right. Uh, just a quick reminder, guys, that uh, if you are part of our Patreon, then it is almost time for you to get your tickets. Um, these are tickets for the Ramble Watch Along of Chelsea against Liverpool on September the 18th, and they're going to be out tomorrow at five o'clock so set your little alarms make sure you sign up to be a friend of the ramble patreon for just ten dollars a month or even uh less if you sign up for an annual membership as well so to get access to a ticket and loads of other benefits besides um we're meeting at a pub in central london we're going to all be there to watch the sunday games that day uh have a couple of drinks have a good old mingle we can have a little chat we can Mm. hopefully laugh at fish a bit but man united (laughs) maybe still not picking up a win um (laughs) so just head over to patreon.com forward slash football ramble to sign up you'll get an email in your inbox tomorrow that is tuesday the 23rd of august i just had to remember what month we were in then. Yeah. Uh, five o'clock with the ticket link that's patreon.com forward slash football ramble the link is in our show synopsis so make sure you sign up for that guys it's also worth pointing out that you get a load of other benefits from being a patreon subscriber you add free shows and extra bits and pieces it's worth checking out and it's for the price being being advertised, very, very good value. So it not is. only do you get to meet us all and have a, have a drink while watching the football, you get all that other stuff too. I'd also say, like, you know, you know, people, you know, people's money as well, and they choose what to spend it on. Cancel your BT Sports subscription if you want, <laughs> yeah. and spend it on us. Yeah, yeah it's cheaper. Excuse me? It? Yeah, it's cheaper. better, nicer people. Yeah. Do you want to? She'll wanna, still be there. Do you want to <laughs> spend more time with me? Because you do realise if I if I don't work at BT, I'll probably work here more. I want, no, I want, it's, it's like my local cinema. I want it to have enough customers to stay open. Yes. I just don't want to be busy when I go there. Yeah. Yeah, it's like this with you. I'd rather watch it scrambled. <laughs> You're bastard. I'm only joking. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a passionate BT Sports subscriber, I'll have you know. Yeah, I'll pay for it myself. Yeah. I don't get it for free here. I yeah. don't get it for free either. Good. You don't get it for free? No. Because they are mugging you I'm up, I'm a freelancer. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Good for you. Work for enough channels, don't I? I'll yeah. uh, right, let's Have talk- you paid your TV license? <laughs> yeah, someone should check that, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah check it. Um, right, Fulham 3, Brentford 2. What a game this was. A West London derby. And it was it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I was in the studio for this one. And, and when you get an early goal in a London derby, or any derby for that matter, you know it's going to be a fiery match. And it was everything that you wanted and more. Mitrovic scoring a 90th minute winner for Fulham, um, yeah, what a game this was, Vish. Yeah, it was um, exactly the kind of game that I didn't expect from from two teams who play like, you know, broadly nice, attractive football. You kind of think it would be a bit more back and forth. And especially like, with all due respect, being where it was at Craven Cottage, you didn't really expect it to have that kind of atmosphere. And also the the, the big kind of like bad blood derby in that area it's Fulham QPR, mm. or rather, bad blood for Fulham. Rather, it's Fulham QPR, but Brentford bought all that heat as well. And mm. I, I, to be honest, I kind of thought it was done when it was two 0 Sorry, yeah, when, when it, yeah, so yeah. When it was two 0 yeah, yeah, when the first Fulham half, were two 0 yeah. up, yeah. Um, I kind of thought, yeah, okay, what they've well, they dominated, they've really the didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fulham were Fulham came out absolutely on fire, didn't they, in the game? And it did look as though it was one of those where you thought, oh, what's happened to Brentford? But then you, but then you're, you're, you're Constantly reminded with Thomas Frank's team that they have the ability to come back into games. We've already seen it 
once this season before this match when they played Leicester and they were 2-0 down and everyone thought that that was the game over and they came back and drew that match, um, Luke. So look, they, yeah. they've got it in them to, to to come back into games. There's a lot to credit both teams, I think. Mm. Um, I think, I take your point about Brentford. The thing I've been impressed with with Fulham is is they're just their intensity and their and their, the pace they play at. And I don't know, if, and I didn't see the whole game, so I don't know if Andres Pereira was man of the match again, although he was, he was. He was absolutely brilliant and it was painful for me because I had a last minute decision to make for my fantasy team whether to start Nico Williams or Pereira and I went the other way of course I did Um, and he was he was sublime I mean he's so good from set pieces he um, but what I found watching him close up in the Liverpool game Mm. um, is the 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 kind of almost like um, infectious attitude he has which affects that stadium and affects the players. So every single time he goes over to take a corner or, or he's, he's got a bit of a break and play, G in the crowd up. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he was all over the place. I actually thought he was man of the match against Liverpool. I don't know if he got given it. Maybe Mitro did for obvious reasons. But he, he's going to be absolutely crucial for them. I said it on the opening day. I'll say it again now. They, they might have a, a season that I did not see coming this season. Yeah. Yeah, I, Ivan Tony. Let's talk about him because, um, I mean, I, I think he is. He, I think he's absolutely brilliant. I'm not going to lie. I think he's he's done so well since coming to the Premier League, especially when you've got that pressure on you as a striker as to whether you can replicate what you did in the Championship in the top flight. And he's done exactly that now for you know a season and, and a bit for Brentford. And uh, once again, I just think he was he was excellent up front. His movement, his finishing. Although one of his goals was ruled off for offside. What, um, what a take, and, though. Yeah, know, after he'd done the celebrations. After well. he'd done <laughs> the celebrations. So now, if you haven't seen it, he did the trademark Mitrovic celebration and then the goal got ruled out. So that was quite an amusing moment. But then, obviously, later on in the match, Ivan Tony does score what was at the time the equaliser. And at the time, probably thinking this is how the game's going to end. And he did the Mitrovic celebration again. And then obviously in the 90th minute, Mitrovic is like, piss off me. <laughs> yeah. Not on my home turf. There, is a, there are a lot of things to respect about Ivan Tony, And one of the things to respect even more from him is that he just doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't. Who would rock up to that game yeah. in Mitro's house and think, I'm going to take the piss out of you today? Yeah, and then kind of get away with it with yeah, the goal ruled yeah, out. Thinking, yeah. okay, no, that's done, and then do it again. He's proper he, shithouser, isn't it? He's an interesting player, Tony, because I don't know if we've seen his proper ceiling yet. Like, if, if you see, he was smashing up the lower leagues. Like when he went to Peterborough, his goal scoring record was incredible. He then scores an absolute hat load in the Championship for mm. Brentford. Um, like 33 goals yeah it was a record it was a record yeah. wasn't it until Mitchell had last year it's a bit of a rivalry yeah. it's yeah. almost a bit like in WWF back in the day when they used to have the Intercontinental belt it wasn't like the big one a great belt yeah it was a great, a great belt, belt though. it was a yeah. Mr. Perfect you're, you're, you're Bret Hart's. you know you're, you're, you're Ultimate Warriors it Who, was great uh, what? yeah and, and, and um, uh, I don't get these wrestling Gollum yeah. <laughs> Goblins. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, Tony Tony versus Mitro. It's a great little rivalry. We can get behind that. It's, it's almost like a, I'm here for what it. is that tedious thing that people on the internet say about um under the radar players? The streets won't forget. The streets, oh, won't, streets forget won't forget Tony yeah. versus Mitrovic. But yeah. they they they're a bit they're a bit above the streets. The streets will remember them. Um, yeah. but the the other thing about Tony that I was I have been surprised by in the Premier League is the other stuff he does. Like the, the the goal that was ruled out, that was an incredible goal. Mm-hmm. You know, the touch, the shift, and the finish, and like you know, in the blink of an eye, the assist for uh, Mbwemo against United, like yeah. first time pass with his left foot. Mm-hmm. There are so many different stages, and I, I would agree with Luke. I don't think we've really seen his his top capability, and I think he believes that as well because he um he got approached by Jamaica. Uh, for a call-up and rejected it because he wants mm. to play for England. So yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. And also, it's worth pointing out that around that game, Alexander Mitrovic smashed Tom Kearney's car windshield <laughs> yeah. with an errant shot at the training ground as well. I'm so disappointed you said errant shot because I was imagining the cut scene from Street Fighter. Oh, yeah. Where he just oh, yeah, kicks he just the shit out of the car. Well, yeah. he says it was the, with the ball. <laughs> so who, who knows? But well, the best bit about that story, though, Luke, is the fact that he then took a selfie with the <laughs> smashed windscreen yeah. and posted it in the Fulham WhatsApp group. Like, he was actually really proud of smashing up his teammate's car. He also said he like, missed what it. I've, look what I've done. He also said he missed hit it imagine if he caught it well well you obviously missed it obviously it. Missed it. it hit a car yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing stuff um, another game in London from yesterday the one I was at Brighton beating West Ham in their own backyard by two goals to nil um, I said earlier it wasn't really a classic um, but Brighton completely controlled the game we, at no point did I really feel too 
nervous about it apart from the start of the second half I think West Ham had like a 15 minute spell where they came out second half and it was clear that David Moyes had obviously bollocked the West Ham players because they came out with a bit more purpose Um, they were using Jared Bowen's pace and the wide areas a bit better but as a whole Brighton I mean we just looked so comfortable we're so good at keeping the ball winning the ball back pressing and 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 basically just Creating a few decent chances. What was quite funny <laughs> is that it was definitely not a very Brighton performance in that we had two shots on target and scored two goals. Yeah, I was, I scored two goals. Yeah. I was just going to say, do you think you were due that kind of game? Because yeah. actually, that's actually quite a misleading stat, the two shots on target, because Solly March should have scored. Yeah, that, header should, at the oh, end. that one. He was, he was, it was a completely free header at the back post. And, and uh, by the way, our new signing, um, who's obviously come in to replace Marco Correa, Purvis Estupinan, um, he came on in the second half and he crossed that ball and it was literally on a plate for Solly. And I don't know how he's headed it over, but I know, you know, finishing is one of the things we need to work on. But what I did like is, you know, I was talking about chance from... Um, away supporters yeah. and you hear them a bit better when you're actually in the ground uh, the chant for well it wasn't really a chant but whenever Purvis S. Dupinan got the ball there were chants of go on Perv go on Perv every time and I was like oh, I'm quite enjoying this this is good I, I, I just don't know what to say yeah I don't, I'm quite enjoying this do you feel this. triggered I feel a little bit triggered <laughs> yeah. go on you know, Perv Brighton have got a lot of good and different types of midfield players, right? If you look at the players they played across... Caicedo is my favourite yeah. person in the world right well, now. Even if you don't include... Enjoy, enjoy him while you can. Mm. You're not... You, you had the chance to sign him and you turned your nose up because... That doesn't mean we won't try and sign him for 13 times more money, <laughs> does it? But if you look... Even if you don't include Lallana who played behind Welbeck, you've got Sully March who's so busy. Yeah. Gross is brilliant. Um, By the way, that, that the ball... Touch, the, the touch. Oh my God, the yeah. flick on from Gross onto Trossard. His quality. I mean, I, I, I literally did I did this. I had ha- hands behind my head in the stands because I was like, I can't actually believe it. You were like, you dirty was, perv. What was, have you done? It was, it was, it was, it was such a sexy pass. It was so they just, good. They just got, I can't believe no one's come in for Gross. But they've got they've got Alexis McAllister I like. They've got Casado, you've mentioned. Trossard, he scored again. Like They're so busy in midfield. And, and I think with West Ham, it's almost... They played in midweek against a team I'd never heard of. They, they, they played against a team... In Viborg, the, was it? Yeah, who I think came seventh in the Danish league <laughs> and somehow qualified for Can Europe. Can I just say, anyone who's using that Thursday game as an excuse for why West Ham was slow out the blocks um, and, well, slow for the majority of the game against Brighton, didn't watch Thursday's game. It was the slowest-paced match that I've seen in a very long time. I mean, I don't even think the players got out of second gear. Obviously, West Ham won that match and and hopefully we'll go on and qualify for the Europa Conference League because I'd love to see them have another good journey in Europe this year. But it, it, you can't use it as an excuse. There are a lot of changes to the team. Um, I was I, I kind of expected that West Ham, that David Moyes would actually start Corne and Skamaka for this game because they played in the, in the match on Thursday. And so I was expecting to see them in the starting 11 against us. And I was quite surprised that he stuck pretty much with the similar well, team from before. Well, it's also a, um, it's probably a bit early to, to, to be too uh, worried about West Ham, chiefly because they played Man City on the open day, fine. They, on another day, they would have beaten Forest. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. were, they were really good and the, the game was chaotic. Yeah. They, it came so close to scoring on several occasions. And then this game, okay, Brighton, Brighton, I think Brighton are a good team and they've, they've come off the back of their first game in Europe. So maybe that's an effect of their rhythm or whatever. Um, so it's probably a bit early to say the big test for them is next time out they've got Aston Villa away mm. and Aston Villa have had a very poor start if they roll over yeah. there you might start to go okay is the ferryman is the ferryman back with his hood <laughs> and his scythe to, to destroy everything that's good about football because he's got it in him hasn't he he's like um, Venom I haven't seen Venom but I presume it's Tom Hardy and the bad stuff comes out like Jekyll and Hyde yeah yeah it's a little bit David like David Moyes has always got the ferryman in him yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Also, you what know, I wanted to say in the intro, but Jules wouldn't let me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your your point about Corne and Skamaka there, like, you know, Moyes does take a lot of time to trust people he br- brings in and mm. think, you know, that starting 11, beyond like the new signing at centre-back, everyone else has like been there for the last two, three years. So. Yeah, Tilo Carrere there, uh, he not the greatest debut, was it, Fish? He gave away a penalty, although I think that was just clever from Welbeck again, who has been brilliant for Brighton. Um, it was a really stupid tackle, though. It was It was silly. David Moyes' fault for um, getting, getting his name wrong over and over again. <laughs> David Moyes' comment after the game, was it after the game or before the game? Yeah, before was, the game, I was think. was absolutely bizarre. Tell, us, tell everyone what he said. <laughs> so basically, before the game, he, he admitted that he's been struggling to remember the new signing's name. And, uh, <laughs> 
bearing in mind he, he, he came in from PSG last week. Um, I mean, his name's Tilo. It's not that hard, yeah, is it? Tilo. No. Uh, he said, I've been calling him Theo. I've been calling him everything, to be honest. He said, whatever happened to the name John? Whatever happened to John? <laughs> they, they think I'm losing it. I'm calling him all sorts. I'll have to get him a nickname. I'm just going to call him T. Yeah, I think, so what we've learned there is that players, people from different countries have different names. Um, whatever happened to the name John, nothing. There's, lo- there's loads of people still, still called John Can't move them, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. he was just having a laugh there. But I think, um, I think actually Zuma had a really poor game for West Ham. I think, I just don't think they've, they've looked, they don't look at the, like they don't look like the same team like they were last season. Obviously, I saw a lot of West Ham after Brighton. It's probably the team I watched the most last year. And I'm not seeing the characteristics in this West Ham side that I saw last year that was so infectious to watch. The London Stadium last season was incredible on European nights. And for the first time in a long time, it actually felt pretty pretty low. Like at the end of the game, they the home fans left pretty early and they booed at the final whistle. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I think the worrying thing for West Ham is that we saw it at the back end of last season as well as they got deeper into Europe. They were struggling to score goals and it's now three matches. Yes, they haven't won and they haven't picked up a point, but they also haven't scored. And that's probably the worrying part. Yeah, I mean, the first... Yeah, obviously, they, they've lost three on the bounce now. That first game against Man City, Luke mentioned that the, they should have beaten Forest. Also, you know, Ogbonna's quite a big loss. I know he, like, he was on the bench uh, over the weekend, but it felt, feels like... They're so they're a different proposition when he's in there. He's just have a has a bit more guidance he from the back. He started on Thursday as well. He did in the side, so yeah. He's kind of working his way back, mm, isn't he? But yeah. um yeah, I mean certainly they were always a different side when he was he was in there. Absolutely. Um Graham Potter though, tactical genius. Just when Brighton was sort of slightly coming under uh, under the cosh a bit in the game, he made a couple of changes. That's when he brought Good old perv on, and uh, <laughs> I think Brighton could be top at Christmas. And he does stop it, and that's when he moved Trossard up, you know, further forward, and that's when it led to that goal with that brilliant flick on from Gross. So, um, yeah, good, good times for us. We're, we've started well. I think we're fifth in the league. They are fifth. Yeah, Brighton are fifth. Oy yeah. Oy, yeah. How long are we going? I, I would say for? you don't need to pay too much attention to league positions this time. I don't even think we should mention <laughs> them actually. Do you know until what? about April. Yeah. Brighton, well, you'll be 17th. And maybe maybe we should revisit that when we get there. <laughs> yeah. Brighton even scored a penalty. We're yeah. normally so bad from the spot. Um, McAllister scored one. There was a weird... I'm fed up of talking about Brighton now. Do you I know, yeah. Yeah. People on. listening be like, why this are you talking a, about this provincial this town? Is, <laughs> yeah. This is a segue into what we were going to talk about, that weird penalty I'm that we saw I'm on TV, from... so I say things like segue. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> It's being slick, Luke. Yeah, all right. Something you can learn. Um, <laughs> I haven't yeah. learned it so far. The, do you know who the Wheelstone Raider is? <laughs> yes, I do now. Well, no, I, I did know anyway, but I didn't hear. Do you properly. know who the Wheelstone Raider yes, is? Yes, I do. I needed a photo to remind myself, but it's been a while since he's propped up in the old media. So, so I, 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 I would, as much as I would love to hammer Jules for this, but on national live TV, not knowing who the Wheelstone Raider <laughs> is, I do also have some sympathy for sympathy <laughs> for Thilo Kara uh, because the Wheelstone Raider was a meme like 15 years ago. Exactly. Oh, Pete's Pete's always having a go at you for you know being late on the memes. He gets annoyed if you share a meme in a whatsapp group he's a part of that's more than two weeks old. <laughs> and sometimes he does meme dumps of 15 of them oh yeah and he'll go and now you're up to date <laughs> and he expects you to he'll expect you to weave them into your process my work email has a has a thing where they will read your emails out to you they will read the subject out to you, you oh. yeah so you can you can play it and it's 30 seconds it'll just read everything to you because i don't check them enough do not let pete read them <laughs> but i like the way that that's what he's doing that's the service he's providing you yeah it's kind well, of a service on that penalty that i just mentioned this was in the portuguese second tier and it got so many of us talking on twitter it's this player called jardel silva who took a penalty for his team French, uh, but instead of running up to it and just doing, you know, like a normal penalty, the ball's down, you run up to it, you take a little run up and then you hopefully score. Um, he just held his foot in the air above the ball for like a good six, seven seconds, I think wasn't it's, it? I think it's almost it, 10 seconds. It almost looked like the video was paused, didn't it? Like yeah. you're waiting for something, you're like, hang on a minute, what's happened here? Is, is this late? Has he got cramp? Yeah. The first time I watched it, I thought that, I thought it was buffering. And I was like, am I not connected to the internet yeah. again? Yeah. Yeah. I'm on the Wi-Fi. Scored though. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it was kind of similar to. Do you remember Tony 
does that thing where he used to do yes. one step. Yeah. It's kind of similar to that, know. I suppose. No, this, this is, is weird. It's this in the is... same it's in the same bracket maybe as the the old Jorginho penalty, which doesn't really do that much anymore. Yeah, and I suppose the the premise premise of it is sound in that like the goalkeeper goes from your cue, so if you have fewer cues, it's harder for him. Mm. You've got yeah. to basically you've if as the goalkeeper there, you've got to dive and save it. But you've got to choose in between simply just his foot moving two feet towards the ball as opposed to looking at the run-up or watching the video of him doing yeah, it. Or his eyes. Said, it's very difficult to see what he's going to do. Quite clever, I mean, having said that, I'm still against it. Yeah, me too. The goalkeeper dived the right way as well. Probably should have saved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Absolutely ballooned in. Vish, we've got an email, haven't we? Well, we don't quite have an email. Oh, what have we got then? So Why over the weekend, uh, about, well, I think it was about 10pm on Saturday, I got a stream of Instagram DMs. Not oh. like that. What's oh. it maybe, is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's usually Don't P, tell actually. The wife. Yeah. It's usually P. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm just going to read it. It's from a, from a rambler called, I can say his name, it's just his first name, Max. Hi, you really don't know me. It's <laughs> a good way to start. <laughs> we are a group of very keen ramblers, and I'm interested in your thoughts in this scenario. You've got a works do, a non ramble related works do to go to, and you have to invite one rambler to a work do, what's your ranking in that scenario, one onwards? Um, And so I just sent loads of laughing emojis and he replied, the laughing faces don't suggest an order. (laughs) (laughs) He really wants an answer. 11.35pm on a Saturday, making demands. The caveat to the scenario, when you walk in, you get a bottle of Prosecco and a shot for free. And then it's a free, sorry, given to you. And then it's a free for all. But basically the premise of it was invite to a works do yeah. who would be good company, but also ensure you don't get fired the next day. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so they, they, they gave me their list. Okay, ah. do it from bottom to top. I'll do it from bottom to No, I'll do it from top to bottom. Okay. Number one, Jim Campbell. Oh, okay. okay. I can see that. Yeah. Number two, Jules Breach. Oh, I'll take that. Chaos. Chaos, chaotic energy. I'm good yeah, fun. I'm good fun. Dangerous though. But yeah. you bear in mind, you get a bottle, bottle of prosecco and a shot each. Yeah, yeah I think you're done that. halfway through that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there. hey, you've obviously not been on a good enough night out with me, Vish. I can hold my drink. Marcus at three, yeah. sensible. Won't yeah. drink it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Me at four. Yeah. You at five. Mid table. Take it. Kate Mason at six. Yeah. Getting into the bottom two. Yeah. Andy Brassel at seven. Why? Yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. And then genuinely. Pete, a, why bit, are you the a, hu- a huge gap followed by Pete. And so yeah, I probed. I probed. Gap. I was like, I don't understand. Why, why is Pete? Like, Pete would t- be top for me. And he was like, no, but you still have to ensure you have a job by Monday. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, it's the sacking bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Pete, would, Pete would just leave after about an hour to go because he'd heard about an amazing party somewhere else. That's what he's like. <laughs> yeah. he, would, he would move on. Yeah, exactly. So basically they established it between their mates and that was the list they came together and put through. And I thought, yeah, that's very interesting because it, it's the dynamic of I'll being fun and also having a level of responsibility. Thanks for that, Max. We yeah. like that. Um, right, don't forget, tonight, the big game, Well, Vish. this is the thing. Vish has brought this to the table. Didn't tell us about that message until he came into the studio, hoping that he could run the clock down that's so we exactly, wouldn't talk about Man United. That's exactly what he's 59 done. 59 is too long, isn't it? <laughs> 59. <laughs> Take it over now. Yeah, I mean, Vish, it's a compromise. You can leave 59 if you want. 59.35. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, ahead of, look you're, you're not bottom of the table because, 59, West, Ham, 40. <laughs> because West Ham have played one more game than you. But the chances are, after tonight, Man United probably go back to the bottom um, and it's got this bad that ex-Manchester United go, captain go, not Willie even go Morgan, bottom go back to the bottom yeah, yeah, yeah. you've been here before uh, now Willie Morgan he was skipper Same when United again. were relegated from the top flight in 1974 he's come out ahead of the game Vish to say to the current team you're even worse than us I mean this <laughs> Oi, is they're arguing amongst themselves aren't they guys eh? he said the current <laughs> lot are really pathetic they aren't as good as we were so they'll be praying that Lady Luck doesn't turn against them why are they getting a wheeling that seventy-seven-year-old man to talk <laughs> as about as this? Much as, I, as much as I, he's still got a mullet, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he does. As much as I would like, because I not, I don't have any particular affiliation with either team. I enjoy seeing a team getting smashed. I enjoy a great <laughs> thrill. I enjoy all that kind of dramatic stuff. I don't want it to be a board draw, but I can see Man United getting a point tonight. I could see it mm, happening. It's just the kind of thing that would happen in football. Well. Remember, later, Marcus, Luke and Andy are recording the first Ramble Reacts of the season straight after the full-time whistle of Liverpool against Manchester United. Um, Vish has currently given it a swerve, but as you heard earlier, he he's in. thinking of popping in, possibly with his dad. I'll let you know at half-time. Um, <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, if it's an absolute hammering, you might give us a... 
hip, hip, hooray for Liverpool. For every goal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just half, half an hour of every goal. <laughs> um, don't forget, that's going to be in your podcast apps first thing tomorrow morning in the UK, ready for your commute to work. Um, thanks for listening, guys, as always, uh, to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Luke, Vish. See you later. It's been a good Monday. Adios. Great. I look forward to the game tonight. Enjoy Monday night, Vish. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.